everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. I'm here today with a woman that I met at the Golden Valley Farmer's Market. Her name is Margie Morgan. I just called you Margie. Sorry. I knew I was going to do that. Her name is Margie Morgan, and her company is Good Morgan Foods. And I am kind of crazy about granola in all forms. And there are a lot of different forms because everybody kind of has their own secret weapon. And I picked up a bag of this granola and loved it and was like, I have to podcast with her. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I loved your, I think I got the blueberry granola was my first one that I got. And then I ordered some at the holidays for all of my family for stocking stuffers. And your granola has just the right amount of salt Mm-hmm. That really works for me in the granola. So congratulations on having just a little bit of degree because I think it's what sort of sets it over the top. I've, I've heard that, you know, that it is a little different. And I tell people that, you know, it's not necessarily expected to get that little salt. Yeah. So you seem like a cook person, someone that's kind of interested in the cooking and the ingredients of it. So tell me about how you got started in granola. Absolutely. I am. I love food, love cooking, love baking, not unlike a lot of other food entrepreneurs. So that's kind of the backstory. And I've been doing it for a really long time, like decades. (laughs) That shows how old I am. (laughs) Anyway, it was like in 2000, you know, the early 2000s or so. And I I was giving granola as gifts. Again, classic story, giving it as gifts. And lots of people were saying, oh, you should sell this, you should sell this, but just not the right time or place or certainly the right uh, confidence to do that. So several years later, actually a friend of mine in 2013-14 gave me a check for a couple hundred bucks and said, you've got to do this. Again, I'm that wasn't where I was at that point. Okay, so fast forward to spring of 2020, and I, not unlike so many other people, um, was a casualty of COVID. So I lost my job, and um, you know, no one was hiring. And then when that started to pick back up, um, specifically, no one was really hiring middle-aged women. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, kind of toyed around to try and figure it out. And my um, amazing husband was really instrumental in um, pushing me towards this. In fact, I said he basically pushed me off the cliff because it was so out of my comfort zone. And so then in February a year ago, yeah, 2021, I just started doing little samples and sending them to friends and friends of friends and asked for feedback. And um, I was pretty pleased lots of positive feedback. Um, so I was kind of inching towards doing something. And um, at that point, I'd really done what I called the the original granola was, was the main one. I call it the OG and thought, okay, if I'm going to do anything, I have to do, or at least I felt like I needed to expand that. So I toyed around and then came up with the, the other flavors. I I knew that I needed to have an online presence primarily because my family is spread out all over. I'm not from here originally, so I have friends all over and I really wanted to be able to do that. And as a rule follower, I knew that I had to have a commercial, I had to do it in a commercial kitchen. I had to have all the proper licenses, et cetera. So I went down that avenue, um, you know, to try and get all that going. And it was almost exactly a year ago. It was April. I looked it up. April 9th was my very first official Etsy sale. So that's kind of what, you know, got me over the, over the, uh, 
cliff there. And then I was late to the party with farmers markets because as you very well know, that sign up starts well before April. Yes. Um, so I was fortunate enough. I got into a couple and uh, so I dipped my toe in the water and just trying to pick up steam. Did you, do you like going to a farmer's market and working a table or is it hard? Cause I imagine like I do some markets and I know it's hard work getting everything set up, but then I also think it's hard work just talking to people all day. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's really, it's hard. Once I get going on a conversation, that's great. But the initial, um, Hey, do you want to buy some granola or do you like yeah. granola? It's, it's really tough for me. So part of that was, you know, I started to put out samples because I thought, well, that's got to draw people in, hopefully, that you can say, oh, you know, do you like granola? Come have a sample. So that was kind of my my hook, you know, to at least start to get people in. But you're you're absolutely right. Just the deer in headlights with talking to people. Well, and I think it's important for people to hear that because a lot of people don't get into these types of food businesses because they're necessarily people, people, you know what I mean? A lot Mm -hmm. of them are more like in your case, you seem a little more scientific, a little more introverted, a little more into the whole ingredient profile. And what I want to tell people is someone that works markets is, you know, sampling has a cost, but you can attribute that cost to marketing. Mm-hmm. And you can do that on your taxes because I met someone once who was like, I don't want to sample people. They, It's all people that just want freebies. And I don't want people that just want freebies. And I said, for all the people that want freebies, you're also cutting your nose off to spite your face because you're not reaching any of those people that mm-hmm. would buy your product if they got to taste it. So I tell people, have samples at events, have samples everywhere you go, and then really work on what your sample to purchase ratio is Mm -hmm. so that you can then manage the amount of sampling that you do or know what kind of events make the best sense for you. But people that don't sample food products, if given the opportunity, I think are really making a mistake. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree. Just, I mean, I don't know if I would buy a bag of granola if I didn't taste it, quite frankly, you know, um, or, or other products like that, if given the opportunity and um, you're right about that, about that ratio, you always have the little kid that's going to grab something or the people that would rather, you know, go to Costco and just get a bunch of samples, but there definitely is enough people that you pique their interest and you hook them. And it's a low, I don't want to say low value. It's a easy point of entry, right? I mean, I thought your granola was priced a little bit more than some Mm -hmm. of that I've had, but I also could tell just by looking in the packaging, because you had a clear window, like I could see that I could just tell that you were using good quality ingredients and things like dried fruits, you know, if they're real dried fruits, they cost more. Right. And nuts. And yep. Yes. Yes. You know, and that's, that's part of it with the, with the packaging, which is a whole different story, you know, because that's a journey too, but with that transparent window that's like with me I want to be transparent you know with um just who I am what it's all about what the product's about so there's there are no surprises so do you I don't know how to say this and one time I said it to someone and it came out wrong so there's like hobby businesses and then there's businesses where it starts as a hobby but then people really want to move it into more of a full sale and job and a career, where are you on that spectrum? It's a great question. Um, I don't have the luxury of it being a hobby. 
So I need to make it work. It's a little more complicated than that, just because I'm not 28 or even 38. So um, I kind of have to a little fast, you know, go a little more quickly, but I need it to be, I would love it to be um, at some point residual income, but right now, I mean, I have to get to the point where it is actually income. Yep. And Um, do you anticipate like, just in terms of packaging, if you got to a co-packer, you'd probably have to change your formula a little bit. Mm -hmm. Have you explored that? A little bit. I've, one thing is I've, I've tried to tap into as many resources as we have around here, not only like other vendors, but through the AURI and through score and mentors. And I mean, I'm just, you know, just getting information wherever. And what I found about the, the, co-packers is not only what you said about changing the formula and then it's like well then you lose some of the integrity you know what can you what can you give there but it's also like I've been trying to find out what is that um what's the point where you cross over and you need that what's the volume and I know I'm not there now but I'm trying to look ahead to what that is because I'm a one-man show and it's like okay so the next is probably to hire someone to help me in the kitchen and so in answer to your question, Stephanie, that's it's on the radar. And I know I have to be thinking about that, but I'm just a little unsure what that what's going to tip the scales where I have to I go think to a that I think that's really common, actually, because there's no clear map here of what that next step would be or what that revenue threshold is. Mm-hmm. And everyone gets there in their own time. Some people start out there. Like they just know that they don't want to be in the kitchen making their product. Mm-hmm. Other people, it takes them a really long time because they don't want to compromise or they feel like the product's too different. I, I don't think there is a right answer. I think it's different for everybody, but you are asking the right questions. And I know if you're networking with AURI and uh, talking to business folks that have done this, you're you're definitely on the path. What about it is fun for you? Well, definitely being in the kitchen you know, I do. I love that. I love that atmosphere. I should give a um, a shout out. I'm I'm using the Create Caterings Kitchen with um, Philip Dorwart is a friend and so incredibly kind to let me rent space in there. And so that has been that's huge having um, having a welcoming, friendly place to go. So the kitchen part is great. Um, and I'll tell you. Um, what was kind of unexpected was um, repeat customers that have come back specifically and said, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I mean, that completely made my day completely. You know, even if I sold three bags, I was, I was not prepared that that was such a thrill because there are people I'd never met before. Yeah. I, I can say though that your product is better than most. So when you you find something that you really like and you go to order it or you meet someone at a farmer's market and then you have to wait till the next market. So it was nice that I could actually order yours online. I liked Mm -hmm. that a lot. Do you think you'll continue with like, do you see hopefully moving into like an Amazon channel or something a little bigger down the road? That's in my head. That's way down the road. I see that as um, I see that as kind of a pretty big monster right now that is, is intimidating, you know, and again, like you touched on earlier, you know, do you want to compromise the product and is it all about sales or is it really about the product? And so um, that's a 
hard one. Again, I don't feel like I'm I'm there yet where I have to make that decision, but it's kind of intimidating. And people just assume that, oh, you want to be in Cub and you want to be on Amazon and maybe and not. Don't. Some people can make a very comfortable living for themselves doing just the market thing. And then they do holiday markets in the winter and then they may sell online through their own websites and they make enough to just continue to make it a fun business for them. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, obviously not there yet, but um, I would love for the online to make it work just to be able to reach more people. And, you know, that is intriguing to me to have it available in, in multiple uh, markets. When you look around and you see other people at markets, are there people that you are inspired by or you have had their products and think, wow, they're really neat? Oh my gosh. Uh, yes, is the, is the short answer. And it's it was a whole new um, step to start meeting these people. You know, you've commented before and others that Minneapolis is such a great area to, or incubator to, for small businesses. It's Absolutely. such a great community. But then, and then you start like, oh my gosh, you see who's behind that curtain. And my very first farmer's market, it was, um, it was Minnetonka, very first one. And I had my spot and it was next to Cabrocho, Cabrocha um, empanadas. And it wasn't Belin, it was her husband, Rob, that was there at the time. But that was such a um, relief to come in and find someone that was that far along and that much experience and then just absorbing as much as I could. What a and I was, story, yeah. You know, a little bit starstruck that you're like, oh my gosh, they've done so much and I get to, um, you know, glean from that. So that was great. Tasha at Isidore Nuts, I met her at a market and she, of course, is fantastic. I mean, you know, you talk to so many people and they're just, they're amazing and they're helpful and the products are great. So I I think people want to pay it forward. Like I think back to the business I had and I really remember the people that shared information or that helped me out or that encouraged me along the way. Mm -hmm. And I really do try to do that for others. And I think people in the food community know how hard it is, particularly, I mean, the pandemic reset the table for many people. Absolutely. You know, I have to say it's very humbling to lose a job through no fault of your own, probably a job that you genuinely liked. And then you're out there trying to figure out what's next. And you mentioned ageism. Mm -hmm. It is definitely a real thing. Certainly in the broadcast space, I mean, you don't see a lot of people in their older 50s unless they're the silver fox man, you know what right. I mean? Right. So I, I really hear that and trying to stay relevant, but also things just like a social media, you know, like every day that changes and you're, do you use 30 hashtags? No, only use five. No, do right. that, do that. Like just trying to stay on top of it. It's, it's challenging. So it's fun, but it's also like, you got to stay on your toes. Yeah. There's, there's no resting, you know, you do on every, you know, you hit on it from the social media piece is completely overwhelming. Um, but, uh, I have, I tap into as many free family and friends resources as possible. You know, my, daughter, adult daughter and a friend of hers in Chicago are helping me out with that. Yep. You no, know, I just, 
I can't possibly do it all and certainly not effectively. Yeah. And, and it is good to reach out. And there's people that really get joy from doing social media. It's fun for them. They like it. It's very different if you're somebody that has a brand and you just can't stand it and you're having to post every day. It's just like, oh, yuck. I know when I hear that, oh, you know, the must have for 2022 is TikTok. I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> <laughs> One more thing. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that there's brands that will just fall in the, some of those will really make the most of that. And others will be just continuing on in a more um, uh, organic way, as it were. Mm -hmm. Your granola is gluten-free too, isn't it? It is. It is. And, um, you know, oats are inherently gluten-free, but unless they say it, you know, so although it's not certified, the whole product isn't certified gluten-free. The, 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 um, well, every, the ingredients are, it's just not certified. Um, and you doing, uh, your assembly at create kitchen. I mean, I know Philip himself is a chef and has some interesting flavor profiles. You've got the peanut butter, you've got the original, the OG, and then you've got the blueberry. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to restate re What's the word I'm looking for? Is it hard to not always want to do new things? Because you're a cook, so you're probably always thinking about the next thing. Right. Um, not only that, I have people asking me, you know, kind of what's the next thing. And it's that um still trying to figure out how do I how do I fit that into the schedule? You know, I try some things at home, but I haven't necessarily done it to scale, you know, to to put out there and um definitely have to take advantage of that. Um, because there are so many, whether you go, you know, more savory and people are doing all sorts of things. There's no one way or one profile, like you said. Yeah. Is there something that is like on the top of your mind right now that you're like, oh, I just need help with this? Oh gosh, that's a great question. Um, wow. I just need, I need help keeping things in perspective, you know, and that's, that's what I need. Kind of looking ahead and maybe telling me it's okay that you're not there yet. You know, I need that. I need like a, a coach kind of yeah. thing to just say, you know what, you're good. You don't have to worry about that now. That's six months down the road and whether or not that's just validating, you know, what I yeah. need. What, what I'm hearing you say is interesting because when I left the corporate environment, you know, I was always a great vice president because I was the cheerleader and I wanted the person to be the front person, but I wanted to give them all the ammunition, the ideas, the support. Mm -hmm. And I loved helping that person get to the level of success that they wanted to achieve. I was a great partner in that way. When it came to just me standing there alone and having to promote myself and having to be my own champion and having to learn how not to be so self-deprecating and to ask mm -hmm. for what I wanted. Those were all really hard things for me to learn. So mm -hmm. it does sometimes help when you're in a, in an environment where you're just alone or with family to get that outside perspective, whether you get it from a coach, whether you get it from like a mastermind group, or sometimes people just put their own board of directors together. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's just to have the enthusiasm and the encouragement to just keep going. Cause it's lonely sometimes it is, it is. And you know, my, my probably biggest op obstacle is myself, yep. you know, absolutely. in the, you know, just questioning and all those, you know, all those things that we do. Yeah. We see it in two ways. You sometimes see the people that it's all flash and charisma and pizzazz, but really none of the behind the scenes stuff 
or you'll see the reverse. You'll see someone that's super methodical, very careful, um, very risk averse and very cautious, but yet their product maybe would stand the test of time better because they've got everything lined up by the time it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. So however you find yourself on that spectrum, I would say if I was going to give you any advice, having some kind of a board of directors, whether it's just family, friends, people that you can meet with four times a year and get some feedback or get some Mm -hmm. new idea generating. If nothing else, it gives you new life, right? Right. Right. And, you know, it goes with just having thick skin and getting that feedback and, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. I, I tell people, I need you to be honest with me. Don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Right. Um, so I, I really, I really try and ask for that and then brace myself. Um, All right, Margie, I'm going to raise my hand as someone you can count on for that type of feedback. Aren't you awesome? Thank I, you. yeah, I really, I loved your product. I loved it right when I had it. And I just was like, oh, this product has real legs to it. It's really delicious. And I just, I think that the grain bowl thing and where we can go with that, that there's a lot more, because I do think savory can be really part of that too. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you spending time with me today. Where can we find you this summer? Do you have some events you're going to be at? Oh gosh. Um, well, I'm, i going completely opposite of what I did last year with two markets. I'm currently signed up for eight. Okay. So I'm going to be all over the place just waiting. I think I've got waiting to hear for a couple more. And so I'll be all over kind of the Metro. I'm going to dip my toe into actually Minneapolis proper and try, you know, those markets. So everything from Prior Lake to Maple Grove and everything in between. Okay. So I'll be out there. Online too. I know at goodmorganfoods.com. Yes. So Thank you for spending time with me. And Stephanie, thank you so much. Yeah, I look forward to spending uh, more time with you in the future. Please call on me. I'd be happy to help. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank okay. you. Thanks. Alrighty. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.